Thanks, Hugh. Well, good morning. Great morning, yeah? yeah? David, try not to muck it up. Okay. Um, that song we sang earlier, I, I was struck by it three weeks ago when we sang it for the very first time here, uh, and it's called All Hail King Jesus. And uh, the line in it that struck me was the one, one miraculous breath. One miraculous breath. And I was thinking about that and pondering about it, and and uh, Hugh said, oh, you know, we were looking at the diary and just sorting out who was speaking when and, and what have you. And he said about speaking Easter Sunday. And, and I'd still got this one miraculous breath resonating in my mind uh, when he asked me. And then I went into the office one day and uh, Pete and Joy share an office and they do get some work done. Um, but <laughs> well, they get lots of work done, seriously. Uh, but they were chatting one day and I walked in and I said, what are you guys talking about? He said, oh, Easter Sunday, we're wondering about getting the kids, some of the kids, to do uh, a little drama sketch on the song, All Hail King Jesus. And I said, that's fantastic, because I think that's what I'm going to speak on, that one miraculous breath thought. And so, um, so they got on and, and sorted that out, as we have saw, uh, and thanks to the kids for doing that this morning. Uh, but I want us to think about the miraculous breath, the miraculous breath of God. And I want us to think about it in four different ways. And number one, I want us to take us back to Genesis, Genesis chapter one, the whole uh, thought of creation, one miraculous breath, and creation came to life, Yeah. So, if you read Genesis 1, verse 2, it says, The Spirit of God, or in the Hebrew, the Ruach Elohim, was hovering over the waters. Um, that Hebrew word, Ruach, can mean wind or breath or spirit. And there are three of a number of ways that the, 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 uh, the Holy Spirit is described as well. And so we get this sense of the breath of God right there in creation. Um, in, verse, in chapter 6 and 17, when uh, God is judging the earth and he's going to send a flood, he says this, uh, I am going to flood, uh, bring a flood waters to the earth to destroy all life under heaven, every creation that has breath, the breath of life in it, the breath of life, that ruach of God uh, in it, I'm going to destroy. And uh, you read the word ruach over 400 times in, in the Old Testament, uh, particularly. And... Um, used in all sorts of different ways. You know, you think about um, Genesis uh, 8, verse 1, where it uses the wind that God described to recede the floodwaters. It's that same breath to receive, recede the floodwaters after uh, the flood that we know through Noah's story. Uh, so all of life and all of living creatures owe the breath to the creative spirit of God. Did you know your life today, your natural life, owes itself to the breath of God in you? Just nudge somebody and see if they are still alive. If so, it's the breath of God at work in them. Numbers 27, verse 16, God gives breath, ruach, to all living things, both animals and mankind. And there's a number of scriptures we could look up to uh, show us that. And Job really picks up on this uh, in a number of ways. Job 27, verse 3, the breath of God is in my nostrils. I don't know whether you woke up this morning and you thought, oh, there's the breath of God. Well, it's true. Whether you woke up, some of you are still waking up, I know, but... Um, in God's hand is the breath of all mankind. You know, our breath, the fact that we live in and breathe in today is held in God's hands. Your life and mine. 
Job 33, 4. The Spirit of God has made me, Job says, and the breath of the Almighty has given me life. Have you ever picked up a newborn baby? Yes, you work on that ward and you do it. But occasionally I have. I mean, we've got three kids of our own and when they were little, you pick them up and it's a wow moment, isn't it? When you pick them up for the very first time. We've got grandkids now and it's a wow moment. When they're really, really little, when they've only just been born and you pick them up and they seem so fragile, don't they? In your hands. And you look at them and you look at this little life and you go, wow. It's like the lights came on. You get a revelation of the, the life of God. Thanks, guys. Gee, I thought he was looking a bit gloomy. There we go. That wonder of life, the breath of life in God's hands. Your life, my life in God's hands right here, right now. So we get the breath of life, that whole creative sense, and then you get one miraculous breath, resulted in a miraculous birth. How many of you know that? Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Listen to what uh, the angel Gabriel says when he comes and he speaks to Mary. Just getting on with life, doing her own stuff, whatever, whatever she did. And it says in Luke 1.30, it says that the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you call him Jesus. How will this be, Mary asked, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the, whole, the, whole, the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born of you will be called the Son of God. The Holy Spirit will come on you. And a creative act took place again. A supernatural act on Mary's life. And she conceived and gave birth. Matthew 1, 18, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Supernatural, creative breath of God coming upon her in a most powerful way. And Jesus is born. And this child to be born, this child who was born, this Jesus, would experience... The supernatural breath of God upon his life. Um, in the Old Testament, there's a phrase, the uh, Ruach Yahweh, which means the Spirit of the Lord. And in Isaiah 11, verse 2, prophesying about Jesus, Isaiah says these words. He says, the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and of, of understanding, the Spirit of counsel and of might, the Spirit of the knowledge of the fear of the Lord. The Spirit of God resting upon him. And then we get the fulfillment of that, don't we? When we see John the Baptist's ministry and that forerunner of Jesus. And he's baptizing one day in Jordan. And Jesus comes to him and he says, he says I need to be baptized. And John puts up a bit of a, oh, hang on, I'm not sure. But he said, no, it's got to be done to fulfill all prophecy. And when Jesus was baptized, Matthew 3.16 says that John saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. Again, that sense of the breath of God coming afresh and anew on Jesus. And one miraculous breath brings new life. How many of you are glad of new life? Oh, about 20%. Okay, we've got a bit of work to do here. 
Firstly, it came in new life, in that sense of new life, and Hugh mentioned it earlier in the comment he made, it came in new life in the resurrection of Jesus. See, I'm almost challenged by one song uh, that we sang earlier, One Final Breath. No, 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 no. That wasn't the final breath of Jesus, because another breath came. Another breath came. Um, Romans 8, Paul says this in verse 11, And the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. Now, we're going to pick up the second part of that verse in a moment, but just think on this for, for a second. The spirit of Jesus raised Jesus from the dead. And you can look in Scripture and you can see the Father raised him, the Son raised him, but the Spirit of Jesus raised him. It's, a, it's that act of God. That breath of God comes into the body of Jesus again and fresh life, new life comes. One miraculous breath as, it's, as we sang in the song. And the next line, it's that New Testament word, it would be pneuma, the breath of God. One miraculous breath came. And the song says, one miraculous breath and we're forever changed. You know, when Jesus rose from the dead, that changed everything for you and I, for the whole of mankind. Gave the opportunity for us to enter new life as well. Um, I, I love that speech that uh, was made famous by S.M. Lockridge, where he said that the grave could not hold him. Death couldn't handle him. That's my king. That's my king. Ah. Uh, you know, we sang another song this morning. Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your, bo your buried body began to what? Breathe. You began the breath of God again. The, the darkness, when Jesus died, tried to hold him. Couldn't hold him. He conquered the grave, death, all the cohorts of the enemy, and he rose again, triumphing over every power and authority that is named in heaven and on earth. And even below the earth. And he's now seated at the right hand of the Father. And it's new life. And it's new life for you and I. Because Ephesians 2 says that God also raised up with Christ, raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. If you read it, Paul writes it in the past tense. It's already a done deal. If you have given your life to Christ, invited him to forgive you of your sins, said, Lord, will you come into my life? I'll just receive of you a bit. It's a done deal. You're already seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Some of you are not so sure. One miraculous breath, and everything changes. And when Jesus appeared to his disciples, he read this earlier. One of my favorite scriptures in, in all scripture. Probably my top scripture. Numero uno for me. Where Jesus appears after his resurrection to his disciples in John 20, 21. And he says, peace be with you. And then he says, as the Father sent me, so I send you. And he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. How many want the breath of God on their life? He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So Paul tells us in Romans 8 that 
the very same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is living inside of us as born-again believers here today. And if we get hold of that, that is an amazing revelation. It transforms your thinking, your outlook, your walk, your everyday life. And Ephesians, Paul picks it up and he, he talks about this incomparably, I can almost not say it, incomparably great power that is available to us. And if you read Ephesians 1 in verse 19, it says that power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule, authority, power and dominion, every title that was given, not only on the present age, but also in the one to come. That's the done deal. And when you look at Romans 11, uh, 8, 11 again, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus Christ from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit who lives in you. Anybody want some life in their mortal body this morning? I mean, some of you need a little bit more than others. Wow, but life. I mean, this is a right here, right now promise. This isn't for the future. This is a now. Right here, right now. Did you know, when you become a Christian, you are alive in every way. Firstly, you're obviously alive, alive, created, born, spiritual, uh, natural life. You've got breath in you. You got up, you woke up, you walk about, you get around. You've got life in you. But you become spiritually alive. You get new birth. New birth. If the Spirit of God raised Christ from the dead then that very same spirit who lives inside of us will also give life to our mortal bodies. Paul was so convinced about this in, in Romans 8 that he got to the end of the chapter and he said, listen, listen to this. He said, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, any powers, height or depth or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. That's how confident he was on this message. He saw it was already a done deal. How many of us are glad that we have experienced new life in Christ? The old is gone, the new has come. The Bible says we're brand new creations. What was is not. Today, no matter what we are going through, what you are going through, you can rest assured by faith that you have an incredible victory. This is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4. We do not lose heart. Whatever's going on, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away. Some of you looked at your bodies this morning and you went, oh, it's not like it used to be. I'm not I'm just purposely not looking at anybody. <laughs> but the things I used to do, I can't do now. <laughs> oh, somebody actually admitted it out loud. Though we are outwardly, we are wasting away. Yet inwardly, this is the truth, we are being renewed day by day. How many want to say amen to that? You get your priorities right. Get your mind right on the word of God. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs all this other stuff. So we fix our eyes 
Not on what is seen in the mirror. That bit was mine. Not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. This is the key. This is the key to life in all its fullness. That we have a perspective that is beyond just our circumstances that we find ourselves in sometimes. But fixing our eyes on what we do not see. You see, one miraculous breath unleashes eternal life. Unleashes eternal life. Romans 8, 23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Anybody received the free gift? You've got eternal life now. You don't wait until you die. You've got it now. Musicians, come on back. Help me out here. It begins right now, this eternal life. We receive this everlasting life by dying to our own preferences and putting Jesus as Lord, as our, Lord of our life. Saying, Lord, I want you right central to everything I am and everything I'm about. You know, when we ask Jesus Christ to, you know, often we've done it in a simple prayer, haven't we? We've prayed a prayer that just asks God for his forgiveness, thanking him for the death of his son, Jesus Christ, on a cross. And very simply asking him to be Lord of our lives. And sometimes that simple prayer, we can think, I didn't feel anything. The earth didn't shake. There were no letters in the sky. But at that moment, in the sincerity of your heart, and in, in, the, in the sincerity of my heart, as we say those things, then God hears from heaven. That's the promise. And over a period of time, I don't know about you, but I find that the Spirit of God, as Paul says in Romans, again, Romans 8, verse 16, it says, the Spirit begins to testify with our spirit that we are God's children, that we are born again. Every now and again, I just need the Spirit of God to bear witness with my spirit that I'm his child. You know, one day, well, unless the Lord returns between now and that, one day we're all going to die, physically speaking. Our soul, our spirit will immediately be with the Lord. Huh? When you die, your spirit, soul will be with the Lord. At a later stage, when Jesus returns, our bodies will be resurrected. A resurrection body where that decay stuff is not existing. I thought I'd hear an amen from somebody. Paul says this in 1 Thessalonians 5. I'll read it from the New Living Translation. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive, when he returns, we can live with him forever. It may be that Jesus returns in our lifetime. 
I don't know. But if he returns in our lifetime, do you know what? Your soul, spirit will be with him immediately and your body will be transformed immediately, the Bible says, in a blink of an eye. So don't worry about going to heaven with this. Just nudge the person next to you and say, that's great news for you. 1 Corinthians 15 says this, verse 51, let me reveal to you, Paul says, a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever, and we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Well, how many of you are glad that Jesus is alive, that he conquered death and hell, he's seated at the right hand of the Father, and with one miraculous breath, we were changed forever. Come on. Why don't you stand with me? You know, I felt this morning as just highlighting those senses of the breath of God through Scripture. That on this resurrection morning where we celebrate life, that it may be today somebody's day for receiving new life. For asking Jesus Christ to come into their life. Maybe you've never done this before. You say, Lord, there's something that I need to tap into. God, there's something missing in my life. And it's, I think it's this breath, the breath of God in this way that I've never experienced before. If that's you, we want to pray with you right now. And I'm going to pray some prayer. I'm going to pray some words. And I'm going to invite everybody to just repeat them line by line after me. This is about receiving Jesus Christ. So let's pray. Father God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your willingness to die on a cross for me. To take my sin upon your shoulders. I ask you to forgive me now of everything that I've done wrong. And I invite you by your spirit to breathe new life into me from this moment. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, if you pray that prayer for the very first time, or you're recommitting your life to God, I want you to just raise your hand right where you are. Anybody in this room saying, that's me for the very first time, okay. Anybody else? Huh? What I want you to do when we conclude our service this morning is come over here to this, uh, my left, your right hand side here of the stage, and there'll be some people to pray with you, to chat through, give you some literature, and uh, do it right when we conclude at the end. But don't miss the moment to receive the breath of God for the very first time in your life that sense of the supernatural breath that brings new life. You've all received of God already with natural life. But 
We're talking new life. But how many know that what Jesus talked about when he, in John 20, 21, said, as the Father sent me, so I now send you. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. There was something more that Jesus was talking about. Because to fulfill this commission that Jesus gave his disciples in Matthew 28, we need God's help. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives day by day to live and to be all that he's called us to live and be. I'm right here, right now. If you're saying, Lord afresh, would you breathe on me today? Would you come, why don't you just stretch your hands out in front of me? I'm going to pray and, and, and let's just receive in this moment the breath of God. The breath of God. Holy Spirit, thank you for the life that you put within each one of us here who knows the Lord Jesus Christ and follows him. But Lord, we ask for the fresh breath of your spirit upon us today to fill us, renew us, restore us, revive us, empower us to be all that you call us to be. We ask for that. We open our arms to you. We receive from you right here, right now in Jesus' name all across this room. Just begin to receive the Holy Spirit afresh. Breath of God come. Breath of God come. Breath of God come. Breath of God come. Jesus. God. And here's the thing. Every day when you and I get up, we breathe naturally. We receive the natural breath of God. And we function at a level. But I believe for every one of us, we can breathe afresh of the Spirit of God and operate at a supernatural level, like KJ was talking earlier. Maybe in the things that KJ encouraged us, you know, a year from now, next Easter day. How about you and I experiencing and knowing more of operating at the supernatural level? with the Spirit of God at work in our lives. You'll be up for that? Thank you, Father. If that's our desire, if that's our heart, then part of that devotion and, and part of that discipline may be just getting before God on a regular basis and just saying, breathe afresh, Holy Spirit. The old hymn used to say, breathe on me, breath of God, fill me with life anew. It's new every day. Lord, come.